Welcome to this episode of 10 Minutes On. Um, I'm Hannah, um, part of the Methodist team as part of the Joint Public Issues team, and I'm here with Simeon, who's our, our team leader in JPIT. We've been thinking a little bit recently about the Nationality and Borders Bill, one of the key pieces of legislation around uh, asylum and migration going through the House of Commons and the House of Lords at the moment. The bill's been been in Parliament for a couple of months now, um, but as it's been progressing, there's been uh, much more conversation around the implications of the bill um, and what changes we might want to see. Simeon, do you want to just give us a little uh, reminder of what the bill is um, and what the churches are particularly concerned about with it? Certainly, thanks, Hannah. Um, So the Nationality and Borders Bill, key piece of legislation from the government's point of view uh, about, um, in their terms, uh, kind of fixing the asylum system with a firm but fair approach. And that's what they say. Um, I think for us, it's really clear that there are various uh, aspects of the proposals which are really concerning, um, particularly because of the impact they'll have on people who are um, coming to these shores seeking um, safety, seeking security, seeking a welcome. One of the central ones is is that it proposes to create a two-tier system. So it creates a, a difference in how you're treated according to the way in which you came or the route through which you arrived in the UK. Um, now those proposals, um, uh, there are questions about whether those are um, acceptable under international law, um, but I think the, the bigger question is whether they're right. And I think it, it it's completely wrong that um, people who are forced to get here by, by what are called irregular routes, um, because they just don't, haven't got the options to come here by other ways, potentially face um, uh, never having the right to, to live permanently in the UK, only get temporary permission to be here, limited support, limited right of, for their family to join them. Um, so that, that's the kind of one of the central proposals in, in the legislation, um, which we're really concerned about. Yeah, and I think um, one of the challenges we've seen with the bill is that there are um, lots of different sections to it, which which do raise concern. You've um, outlined the central one there for us, Simeon, haven't you? But, um, but actually, there are so many elements of the bill that are, that are challenging. And it's just recently gone through the House of Commons and passed its third reading in the House of Commons. And that was one of the real challenges there is that there were so many amendments to the bill, but very few got selected for debate uh, or for conversation in the House of Commons over the last few weeks. And so we haven't seen many changes for, for movement there um, in terms of reshaping the bill to be fairer and more compassionate. Um, but actually, it's, it's past that third reading in the House of Commons, which means the next stage for the bill is that it goes into the House of Lords, um, which will carry on in January when the House of Lords sits again. Um, this is a chance for peers in the House of Lords to debate the bill as well, to table amendments, to talk around some of those issues. Um, that have already been raised around the, the two-tier system or were the kind of hostile elements to the bill. Um, and potentially there's a bit more room in the House of Lords, we think, um, for that debate to happen, because there, there's perhaps a little bit more openness to some of the conversations we're having about changing the bill there. We uh, don't necessarily see as much political influence in the Lords for kind of finalising the bill. It will come back to the House of Commons at, at some point after those um, amendments are made for a final vote. But there are a couple of opportunities there, aren't there, for kind of continuing to speak about about the bill in the House of Lords? Absolutely. I think um, one of the interesting things about the House of Lords is that it's um, it's not got a majority for the government. Um, so, so there's much more likelihood of, of proposals being kind of discussed and potentially passed if, if there's a, um, a majority of, of Lords in favour. 
Also, the government isn't in control of the timetable in the House of Lords in the same way it is in the Commons. In the Commons, we saw the, um, the legislation really quite rushed through, very limited time for debate, limited time for people to, to, to raise their concerns. But, but in the Lords, there is much more chance for the, the issues to be probed and scrutinised and, and um, some of these proposals to, to, to be really um, unpacked for what they would do in people's lives. Um, so I think there is a hope that um, the, the bill might be made much better from our perspective by the scrutiny it gets in the Lords. And, and therefore what comes back to the Commons after the Lords has finished its work would be something that, that we would want to be encouraging MPs to, uh, to support some of the changes that have been included. We've seen some of that before, haven't we, um, in terms of things like the Dubs Amendment and kind of expanding that um, reunion rights for, for child refugees coming through the Lords and being quite a key piece of legislation. So there definitely are opportunities there for, for things to, to stick and make real change. Yeah, so I guess the question is, um, what can we, we be doing as people who are concerned about this bill while, while this uh, legislation is in the Lords? Um, what, what are the, um, the next uh, steps for, for action for, for campaigners, Hannah? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it's not it's not quite as direct a line when when these kind of bills are in the House of Commons. We've got the chance to write to our MPs to engage with them, knowing that they that's their their space, their forum to have that conversation. And whilst the bills in the Commons, and um, we don't have that quite direct relationship with Lords uh, in the same way. So there's not the same kind of direct lobbying opportunities. But I think there's there's two things that we potentially pull out. I think um, one of the key things around the bill and campaigners have, have picked up on this is creating that kind of backdrop within communities um, to say that actually this bill isn't something that reflects the attitude uh, of many people across our communities, that we, we want to create a welcoming society for asylum seekers and refugees within our communities. Um, and not just that kind of direct work of lobbying parliament around the bill, but making noise around that. Um, we've been doing things like taking part in the Show Your Heart action, um, making sure that we're using social media and local community landmarks to pick up on, on that energy around welcoming refugees into our communities and making sure that that's, that's shown. And that, that kind of backdrop is still really important whilst the bill is in the Lords, because it, it keeps that public attention up, it keeps that public energy up to show support for changes here um, and recognise that this would be welcomed in society rather than challenged. And I think the other one is, is remembering as well that this bill will come back into the House of Commons after amendments have been made by the Lords. It will return to the House of Commons um, for a final vote. Even though it's not not currently in front of the House of Commons, it's something we should be talking to our MPs about at the moment, Absolutely. isn't it? And particularly, I guess, because they haven't got the immediate pressure of, of, of uh, choosing where to vote on it. Um, it's a chance to build relationships and perhaps um, uh, if you've got um, experienced uh, people in your congregation who, are, who are, have experienced the asylum system and people who are refugees, um, if you've got the opportunity to talk with your MP about why these proposals could be so damaging to people like them, um, this gives a little bit of a space and opportunity to, to get into some of those conversations, perhaps, with, with your MP uh, in, in the new year, um, so that when, when the bill does come back into the Commons, uh, they might be that little bit more open to thinking about some of the amendments that are hopefully included in it at that stage. Yeah, we've, we've always said that actually meeting your MP and building a relationship with them is a really productive thing to do on top of that kind of regular lobbying we might do of our MPs. It's really important for them to know what their community cares about um, and what work um, their community is already doing to kind of uh, work around the issue. Um, and so actually using this window of opportunity to build that relationship with them, to talk to them, to invite them to, to meet members of the community is, is 
potentially really influential. Mm. We've got a, a couple of resources up on our website that you can use to kind of get a bit more stuck into both of those things. If you uh, head on to jointpublicissues.org.uk forward slash nationality and borders bill, you'll find um, a campaign pack that that gets us involved with some of that speaking out, the, the show your heart action and um, how we can be speaking up in our communities for support for asylum seekers and refugees. We've also got a campaigns pack on meeting your MP, how you might be able to have this conversation with them and, and open up some of those those opportunities. Great. I think uh, people can go there and also um, on social media, there's the uh, Together with Refugees campaign to be followed, uh, which is one way of connecting up with, with the many other groups who are also really concerned about this, um, this piece of legislation who are working together um, to propose a much more positive, kinder, fairer, more compassionate asylum system. Because we all agree with the government's analysis that the current system uh, doesn't work well uh, and isn't, isn't fair necessarily. Um, but I think we have different visions for how it could be in the future. And, and um, one of the exciting things about this campaign is the opportunity to work alongside others who share that vision. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just remembering this is still a really key time to be influencing around that bill that, that January 2022 is, is still going to be an important moment for hopefully for changes around this bill to be made and that we can keep keep working for that, um, both in our communities and building that relationship with our MPs um, is a really helpful thing to do. Thanks, Hannah. As we wrap up, I wonder if I might put you on the spot and say, well, why does this matter to you? Why do you think it's important to get involved in, in um, trying to change this piece of legislation? I think for me, um, over the past couple of years, I, I have built relationships and friendships with people who've come through the asylum system and, and really grown myself in knowing them as people and getting to know who they are and what they bring to our communities. And that's been a really strong reminder for me that we need uh, an asylum system that treats people with the dignity and the respect they deserve. Um, and this bill isn't a demonstration of that. In fact, it's, it's quite starkly opposite to that in many, in many ways. Um, and so we really want to be moving in a direction that says um, we will treat people with dignity. We will treat people with respect and we will ensure that they're enabled to live a flourishing life as they're capable of. Um, and we want to build that in our community. So, so I think for me, um, that's one of the reasons it's, it's really important. Thank you, Hannah, and we wish all our um, listeners a, a very happy Christmas.